Welcome to the Inquisitive Tourist. My name is Nate Ralph and thank you for joining me. For those of you who've already been listening to the show, I'd like to welcome you back. And to those of you who have just started to listen, I'd like to welcome you to the ever-growing community of listeners. Recently, some of you may remember that I had a guest on the show who gave us a fascinating insight into the Caribbean island of Trinidad and Tobago, also known as TNT. And if you haven't heard that episode already, uh, I'd recommend that you do so. Now today, we're going to shift our focus a little bit to the island of Martinique. It's an island much smaller in scope, but known for its enchanting beauty. My guest today knows much about the island and its history, her family being from there. Her name is Leslie, and she's speaking to us today from the beautiful island of Martinique itself. I'm excited to have her on. Leslie, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Nate. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I actually have never been on a postcard before because uh, so I'm a bit nervous, but I'm really excited. So <laughs> thank you for having me and let's do this. Let's do this. I'm, I'm honored to have you as a, you know, this is your first podcast. So that's a, that's a big honor for me to have as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, let's hope as well that your internet connection holds up. And uh, so far you sound great. So I'm, I'm really excited for this, uh, for okay. this conversation. Great. Me awesome. too. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, first of all. And uh, to kick us off, I always ask uh, the, the, the guest, uh, you know, a little bit about themselves. Like, first of all, where were you born and raised? So, well, I was born and raised in Paris, Paris, France. Uh, but my, my family is originally from Martinique. Okay. And when you say your family, I mean, were your mum and dad born there? Yes, they were born here. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And going back many generations, you know, grandparents and so on. Yes, great parents and uh, grand- great grandparents. But actually one of my great, great grandfather was born in Africa. So, wow. so yeah. Wait, which mm-hmm. um, African country was that? We don't know. Actually, uh, you know, I saw his uh, death certificate recently uh-huh. and it doesn't really say much. Uh, it says that he was born in Africa and parents unknown and that it, he was actually a farmer. So basically a, a slave working in the sugar plantation here mm. and that he got married here with a Creole lady. So I always knew that my great grandfather was African, but seeing this... Uh, Official document was quite something. Mm. And was that me. was that on your mum's mm. side or your dad's side? Uh, on my mum's side. Okay, mm-hmm. that's really that's really interesting. Just like, how, how does your mum actually feel about that? Because I mean, does she? I'm assuming she doesn't have any more information. So, well, we'd like to know where actually we're. You know, we're from in Africa, but we're so mixed. So we have you know European um, ancestors. So my great great grandfather um, mother was uh, blonde with blue eyes, and wow. so we are a mix of uh, African, European, Indian. So that's the that's the beauty of it as well. Yeah, a lot of co- uh, continents in there. That's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I guess yeah. maybe in in a funny way that's influenced your um, your love of travel because I know that you're an avid traveler yourself with a wealth of experience. How how many countries have you been to so far, Leslie? I've been uh, to 51 countries, but I'm counting the islands too. <laughs> so with, with the islands, how many is that then? Yes, with the islands, yeah. Is, is, does that bring it? Oh, sorry, it's 51 including the islands. Yes, including. Mm-hmm. Okay, and which ones were those? Which islands have you been to? I've uh, been to uh, so Martinique, of course, uh-huh. Guadeloupe, St. Martin, uh, Malta, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, different. Yeah, that's it, I think. 51 countries. That is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. my, my current count is 37. So you're you're beating me by quite a way. 
<laughs> so yeah, you should be the host of this podcast, really. I think we should swap roles, maybe. But uh, that is—I don't think so. That's crazy. <laughs> Once is enough. Yeah, no, that's that's mad. Um, and like recently, so obviously you're in Martinique. When when did you arrive there? So I've been here since December. I initially came for one month, but with the situation going on in Europe, I decided to extend my stay. So I've been here for five months now. Okay, okay. Uh, Another quick thing that I'd like to tell the listeners as well. So even though we've not actually met in person, we were both out in Colombia at the start of the pandemic, weren't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was stuck there uh, for most of last year, actually, due to COVID. That's mad. But you coped okay, Mm. didn't you, from what I know? Yeah, yeah, it was really, uh, I mean, challenging for sure. Uh, I learned a lot about myself, but Mm -hmm. I was okay. I was okay. I was actually most of the time in Cali and then I I went to Meredjin. Uh-huh. Yeah, those were the two cities that I uh, went to as well. Well, also Bogota. But um, I've mentioned briefly on the podcast how I was caught out there, but I haven't uh, at some point in the future. I I do need to do a podcast specifically on that experience because it was mad. Yeah. I remember you got out uh, just uh, before I got stuck, actually, and that's yeah. how we got to know each other. No, exactly. So even though we haven't met, it's funny how we, we shared that crazy experience, yeah. you know, this life-changing <laughs> pandemic. For that, sure. Let's be honest, most of our generation have never been through before. And uh, to be caught out in Colombia alone, you know, we were both solo travellers, weren't we? And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just funny how that all sort of panned out. But getting back to, um, getting back to Martinique, uh, of course, now... I believe you're connected with two quite well-known social media pages that focus on Martinique. I think one of them is Guide Martinique and Valorization yes. Martinique. So what do those businesses aim to do um, and how can they yes. help those wanting to visit? Sure. So uh, it's true. I've connected with, uh, I think, these amazing people who are showing the beauty of uh, the island. Uh, actually, did you know that Martin was named the World Stop Emerging Destination no. by TripAdvisor? Yeah, Seriously? in 2000. Yeah, this year, actually. So we're very proud about that. And uh, I think that communities like, like them have worked hard to make that happen. So, and there's so much potential here. And uh, unfortunately, not everything is fully explored, mm. which is good and bad because it's good. Because uh, it's not overcrowded, like places such as Bali, for example. Mm. But what's not so good about it is that it's not as accessible as Bali for the world. Right. So tourism here is mostly catered for tourists from France. Like most direct flights are from France. Mm. Um, before COVID, we had some flights uh, from different cities in the U.S., but these flights were not so regular, so they could be quite expensive. Mm. Uh, otherwise you had to transit via St. Lucia or Panama or Haiti. Um, but the cost was so high. So it was, it was making people quite reluctant to visit. Mm. That's a shame, isn't it? Cause so, obviously the more, the more we, affordable we hope, Yeah, definitely. But we hope things will, will change, especially after COVID. So TripAdvisor recommended it as one of the best upcoming destinations. Do you, do you know, Leslie, like what metrics they were basing that on? I am not too sure. <laughs> okay, okay, but but I guess I guess there's everything you want. Like here, you have amazing um, beaches, black and white sand. You have uh, great hikes, uh, waterfall, rainforest. Uh, uh, the diving is amazing. You have surfing as well, so it's. Uh, I think you have everything mm. you want for a great holiday. You mentioned surfing. 
Funnily enough, just uh, the previous episode, I had um, a guest on from Madrid, and he's uh, an amazing surfer. I think he's been surfing for 25 years. So I've also heard that the surfing um, is amazing in Martinique, and you've just mentioned it again. What, what's the community like there? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that's another aspect of this island that is not internationally known. So there are many uh, great surfing spots, mostly in the north of the island. My favorite one is based on the Presqu'île de la Caravelle. So, um, and it's a great spot for professionals and beginners. And the community is quite small, but very welcoming. And I've enjoyed really getting to know different um, surf coaches here and surfers uh, like uh, Surf Up Martinique um, and Pascal, who's the only um, local coach here on the island. Oh, wow. Phil- yeah, <laughs> Philippe uh, from Tiglis, uh, to name a few. So, but you will, you know, surprisingly, locals here don't really surf. So it's mostly tourists or people from Europe, really. What's the population of Martinique? It's about 385,000. Oh, goodness. That's, yeah, that's quite, mm-hmm. quite small, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, it is. Especially compared it to is, a lot of the small. other Caribbean islands. Yeah, it is. It is a small island. So it's not really um, populated like uh, other islands like Jamaica, for example. Yeah. Do you think, you know, in terms of this TripAdvisor recommendation, do, do you feel that, you know, after this COVID thing is out of the way, that it's, you know, it's going to explode there uh, in the island? I know? think. I think so. I think so. And uh, I think everybody's getting ready for that on the island. So I think we're opening to the world and uh, the world is getting to know us. No, that's lovely. But I mean, do you think that a lot of those visitors are going to be, you know, married couples, honeymooning or surfers or any particular demographic of people? I think I think any kind of uh, traveler, because um, a lot of people come on cruise. Uh, in the Caribbean. So sometimes they spend a day or, uh, you know, a week here. Um, so that can be couples or can be surfers, can be uh, single travelers. I think it, 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 can, um, it can welcome a different kind of people. Mm. No, I mean, I, I feel like you're working up my appetite to come to Martinique as soon as it's going to be allowed. <laughs> what, what's the current... Well, you should. No, I, I'm deadly serious. But what, what's the current... Um, situation with covid there is it under control in the island so uh we're actually getting out of a third lockdown Uh but uh it's not alarming at all uh i think the cases are about 300 on the island so it's not that much uh compared to other places Mm. obviously it's a small island so Mm -hmm. it's still it's still quite high Mm. uh but for me, since December, I haven't really felt the COVID like yeah. in France yeah. or in Colombia or in London. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we can still, you know, it's really open. Mm. You can go to the beach. You don't have to be close to people mm. except when you go and do your grocery shopping. But I haven't really felt the COVID here. And yeah. especially even now with the lockdown, we've been in lockdown for three weeks. And now uh, we're coming out actually, I think, tomorrow. Uh, but even though it was not really a real, real lockdown because we could still go to the beach, we could still travel up to 10 kilometers from home. Mm. Um, so it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. And also, I mean, let's be honest, 300 in what, 385,000, that's still less than mm-hmm. one in a thousand. So it's, it's not yeah. a huge sort of case incidence rate, although 
we've quickly seen with exponential growth, it can quickly get yeah. out of hand um, and so on. Yeah, that's true. With the 10 kilometre rule, what's, um, you know, when I think of Martinique, as I do with a lot of Caribbean islands, it's quite a chilled vibe. If you are found more than 10 kilometres from your home, would the cops actually, like, do something about it? Well, uh, they should, if you call, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it would be very hard to to say because especially when you live in the countryside, they can't really, they can't really say exactly where you live. And well, I haven't been uh, asked. Uh, I haven't been. So I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't think so. And the numbers were going down uh, quite quickly. Mm. Uh, so that's why we're coming out after three weeks, uh, which is really good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, normally if you get caught, you get a fine of 135 euros. <laughs> which is quite a bit, right? Yeah, for that sure, especially actually, for here. Yeah, actually, on that point, what's what's like the average salary on the island? I don't know if you know that off the top of your head. Um, I think the average salary is about one thousand two hundred or three hundred euro, and that's before taxes and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. that's not a lot. That's no, not a lot. Although, and the life, the life, the cost of life here is very expensive. It's very high because most products are imported. So yeah, of course. it's quite high. Mm. Yeah. But like yeah. in terms of like rent for like, I don't know, basic one bed place in a sort of decent area. Do you know roughly what you're mm-hmm. talking about? Um, For a flat, for example, one bedroom flat, I think it would be around uh, five to 600 euro per month. Mm. So it's not too bad. It's not too bad, yeah. But would that necessarily be sort of on a beachfront or sort of in a lesser privileged Oh, no, 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 no. If you want something like in the city, like Fort de France, which is the capital, Uh, but on the beach now, you're going to spend much more than that. (laughs) Yeah, more more than the average salary probably. Oh, yeah, for sure. What what isn't um, imported? Are are many things not imported, like certain food products or anything like that? Yeah, you have, uh, you know, fruits, vegetables, uh, that are not imported, but otherwise everything else is imported. is imported. Well, maybe a bit later on, I'll ask you a bit about the food, but right now I, I really want to get to the history of Martinique because I believe that you recently interviewed, now this is really cool, you you recently interviewed the owner. Now, I forgive me for my uh, French. <laughs> my dad is a fluent French speaker. He never taught his kids, so, you know, oh, too shame. bad. But uh, La, so- La Savant d'Enclove. <laughs> okay it's la savane des esclaves uh-huh well there we go yeah so yeah well <laughs> you, done <laughs> you interviewed the owner of that place uh it's a huge mm-hmm. open-air museum about slavery on the island so that's pretty big could you could you tell us a little bit about that yes indeed i i was so pleased to meet uh mr gilbert larose because i think he's an amazing human being mm-hmm. um he's actually a descendant of slaves and um, so he said to him, it was his responsibility to create this place, to remember um, the slaves who were taken from West Africa mm. to work uh, on the island on sugar and banana plantations. And so he actually started this alone, cutting down trees and working on his land to recreate um, this slave village. So what's more, what's even more amazing is that he did all that without any help from the government or subvention, nothing. So it was not easy at all. Uh, he had many challenges and people were, even some people were criticizing him, criticizing him, sorry. No, that's the one, you got it. <laughs> uh, 
um, saying that it was not good to remember of you know the atrocities of slavery uh, because for sure the museum doesn't paint um, a pretty picture of uh, slavery. It's real like slavery is real. So, but at the same time, it's still a beautiful place and um, peaceful. You get to know more about the people who work here as slaves, about their daily lives, how they lived, even even after the abolition of Mm. slavery, how they overcame, you know, all the the, the hardship, poverty. So you really um, get a feeling of uh, who the um, people from Martinique are, you get to know them better and understand and appreciate, actually. Um, so this museum is really, for me, a, a great place to go to visit when you're on the island because it, it sheds light not only on the history, but also on the culture. You learn a lot about the fruits and vegetables in Martinique, about all the medicinal plants we find here and art as well. So, and even you have even a little cafe with uh, fresh natural juices, mm-hmm. smoothies and um, homemade ice cream made homemade by actually Gilbert himself. So oh, wow. it's very, honestly, it's great for photos. I totally recommend the place if you visit. Which part of the island is it in now, Leslie? It's in the south part of the island in the Trois-Îles um, town. I'm, and it's huge and, and they keep extend, expanding as well. So it's definitely a, a spot to go. Okay. Uh, I think it's really important for, I mean, this museum, even for people from Martinique, because, you know, when we go to school, we don't learn about the history of the island. We don't learn about that because uh, Martinique is part of France. So we learn about France history. Uh, and I think it's great for, for people here to know about their history and where they come from, etc. Of so, course. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And this, like you said that he started building it with his own hands and so on. Do you know when he sort of did sort of the bulk of the work? Like how many years ago that was that he started this project? Uh, I think it's about 10 years ago. I think, yeah. Okay. I think if I remember, yeah, it was about 10 years ago that wow. it started. Mm-hmm. No, oh, that's that's absolutely amazing, amazing story, and yeah, and so, definitely, like, and it's it's the biggest memorial in all the Caribbean about that. So in the whole quite, Caribbean, quite famous, yeah. And uh, actually, when I went to interview him, there was a TV show called um, a TV show team called Echappé Belle, so very famous in France, and they were on site as well that same day. And uh, the show will be aired in, on French TV tomorrow night, so that's, that's exciting, amazing. That's mm-hmm. Well, if anyone listens to this podcast soon enough, maybe they might be able to to see that show, or, or maybe it, yeah. would, it, it could be watched at another time. You know, probably, probably. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll definitely try and watch that myself as well um, because <laughs> it, I, I do like the sound of this. So, some who've um, visited the island do say that they you know there's still visible effects of slavery today. So, like, what are they? And you know, would you say that it still affects the social demographic of? of the people today, you know, like you spoke about this, this, this place, this open air museum, Mm. but most Mm -hmm. people on the Island, would you say that they are sort of directly or indirectly affected still to this day by, you know, the, 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 the Mm -hmm. the past that that was there? Mm -hmm. I think so. And especially now, you know, uh, it's quite a sensitive time with all the black, uh, black life matters movement. Mm. Uh, And I think even here, the colonization experience persists. 
because it's part of France. Uh, so through their constitution, their language, so the official language is French. Mm. French. Um, the education system, like I said, you know, here we learn more about France than actually Martinique history and culture. For example, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, we learn at school that he's a hero. But here, for for people in the Caribbean is is kind of the opposite. It's, <laughs> it's kind of the monster because yeah. he actually restored the slavery on the island. So, um, so that's that, that's why it's kind of you can see the the signs of colonization still uh, today. And um, and also, um, it's only until uh, it's only recently that they started teaching the Creole language in school here. Mm. Uh, and they also added sign in Creole in the street. Um, another sign is the lack of equal opportunity to the majority of the population who are slave descendant. So you see most of the, for example, the high level position are occupied by European descendant, not locals. Mm. You will see, uh, so the European are on the top of the pyramid and control a higher percentage of the wealth and power, mm. even though they are a minority here. Mm. So, and that creates kind of a lot of trouble on the island, especially now. So, um, so yeah, you see the, the effect of slavery and, and uh, colonization for sure. Do you think that that's going to change anytime soon? Like where, like you, you were speaking about that pyramid, do you think it will become a bit more balanced in the near future? Mm, I'm not too sure. I don't have the answer, but I know that things are, are brawling because a, a lot of people are protesting about that. For example, they they destroyed the, the statue of uh, the Empress uh, Josephine, so the spouse of Bonaparte. So recently, like last year, I think, uh so yeah people are are not happy about how things are mm. are handled uh and definitely has a martinique is a beautiful place beautiful country it's safe uh to visit so i don't want to make you scared mm-hmm. but there's definitely as well a history that is uh sad and dark mm. um mm. that's real mm-hmm. but the general sort of um the vibe between, like you said, the, the the descendants of the slaves and, you know, the ones that are with more sort of European heritage. I mean, in mm-hmm. sort of everyday life, would you still say that, you know, they get on well? Yeah, I think so. I think they do get on well. I mm. think so. Obviously, uh, uh, there are things that they're, they're not happy about. The local, I mean, the locals are not happy about. But mm. generally, uh, we, you know, uh, black and European uh, cohabit quite well i mean mm. generally it's safe it's a safe place to mm. to be mm. now you mentioned that you know a bit about the language french creole and so on it so what what's the official um, language of the island is, is it french right yes it is it is french but also yeah. creole is spoken and anything else um no only creole some speak english because they come from uh dominica which is the next island ah, dominica yeah, yeah um so they speak english but mostly most people speak french or creole uh you're gonna have some spanish speakers as well but from um dominican republic for ah, of example course, of course but it's just it's a very small very small community and you mentioned dominica that's is is it smaller in landmass than martinique or is it about the same mm. I'm not too sure, actually. I yeah. think it's about the same. I think it's about the same. Yeah, or a bit smaller. Or a bit smaller, yeah. I don't know. No, I'll mm-hmm. have to check that out. But I've never been. Oh, you've never been at all? 
No, no, no. I'd like to. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But with French, I um, also know that you offer French lessons online. Do you still do? You still do that, don't you? That's right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So my page, uh, Let's Speak. Fantastic. So uh, you know, if anyone listening wants to maybe brush up on their French, could I leave your uh, page on the show notes? Absolutely. Of course. Fantastic. And and you sort of provide your lessons via Zoom or any other video conferencing? How does it work? Yes, uh, mostly via Zoom at the moment. So I think it's, yeah, it's working quite well. Fantastic. So yeah, for anyone listening who might want to brush up on their French, I'll leave Leslie's uh, page in the show notes. So please, please do check <laughs> that you. out. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I should probably sign up as well. <laughs> if you remember my pronunciation of that, uh, of, of that place, of the Open Air Museum. <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> now, if someone is listening and maybe they're hoping to, we've already spoken about the booming travel opportunities that are, you know, yeah, to Martinique, and that that does sound mm-hmm. amazing. You know, amazing potential for the next few years. Um, mm-hmm. If someone maybe is hoping to be a bit more than that and be an expat and live in Martinique, mm-hmm. would you say mm-hmm. it's easy to set themselves up there? Like, what what job opportunities exist on the island? Well, first, legally, any European can can come here and start living here because Martinique is part of France and part of Europe. So you can, if you're European, you can settle down here. Now, the difficulty, I think, will be finding work uh, and learning the language if you don't speak French. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can either learn French, take classes with me. <laughs> exactly that ties in well (laughs) or or if the best way I think would be to work online Uh, if you don't speak French for example work online and and settle down here otherwise I think most of the opportunity are in the tourism industry Mm -hmm. for sure so like in terms of uh, the digital nomad lifestyle working online are there actually sort of many people that are doing that over there I think so I think so they they must have a great life because I mean you, you said the it's it's not exactly cheap living on the island because I, I feel like a lot of people who think about say these small Caribbean islands probably mm-hmm. wrongly anticipate that it's very cheap to live there but as, as we've just discussed mm-hmm. that's not always the case is it no it's not so cheap but I mean it's not as expensive as the Bahamas for example so it's uh I think if you have a salary from the UK or for friends from France you you're okay mm-hmm. you'll be fine yeah, mm-hmm. maybe not living by the beachfront, but anywhere else, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that it's you, you know, it's safe for foreigners. They're sort of, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing to worry about, even though there's a dark past. But how how are they sort of generally received and treated by all of the the communities in in Martinique? Mm. Well, you know, Martinican people are known to be very, very friendly and welcoming. So uh, as long as you show respect for people and their culture, everybody will be friendly with you and welcoming. Um, so they love the tourists. They love um, people visiting, showing interest uh, for their island. Yeah, yeah. And do you know sort of like out of the people that have visited so far that you're aware of, what, what's the main reason that they come? So I'm, I'm speaking about you personally. Is it just, you know, I want to mm-hmm. hit the beach. I want to hit surfing. Is there a specific mm-hmm. reason? I think uh, the specific reason is that there's the diversity because, um, you know, uh, you have you have the rainforest, you have the beach, you have ha- great hikes. Like I said, you know, so I think that's that makes it a, 
very nice destination and not so expensive like i said like the bahamas for example yeah um and also you have great rum uh did you know that the best rum was from here i i didn't oh, what's 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 the rum what's the best rum for martinique called <laughs> So you have many, many distillery here, uh, like um, Clément, for uh-huh. example. Clément is the one of the best known uh, from here. You have uh, the distillery de Paz. And actually, one that I actually uh, tried is Héritier Mad Code. Mad Code. So this is a new rum, actually. Uh, I mean, not so new because they, they've been around for a long time, but they're not really famous yet uh and it's actually the only uh distillery from uh, owned by um uh slave descendants so right. that's quite interesting yeah yeah great history as well when when i um again a few episodes ago uh, ago i spoke to somebody from trinidad and tobago as i mentioned in you know in the introduction of this podcast and mm-hmm. uh it's funny actually because i was i was actually sipping on a bit of uh rum during the podcast itself i should have done that for this one but oh, really? it was you yeah I, I forget i forget the name of it now but um, it, was, it was pretty good you know okay. but I, I didn't know i think i think it is good i think the rum from trinidad uh, <clears> is quite good as well you know for sure but I, I didn't know i've got to be honest i did not know that martinique was famous for that as well it is definitely no no kidding oh, that's good stuff so that's <laughs> for anyone listening they have to go there with an open mind and be willing to check out the uh Oh yeah, the the rum for sure as well. Yeah, they won't be they won't be disappointed. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, that's good to know. That's good to know. And like with, I mean, sort of staying on this uh, this thought of you know drink and food and so on. What, what about the typical foods of um, Martinique? Because I know again when I had the the chat on a, on the podcast about Trinidad, mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. the girl her, her guest uh, the, the guest was called Sonsi Francis, and she she was uh, sort of talking about the beautiful foods uh from trinidad yeah. and i've i've been to trinidad myself so it really sort of brought back those flavors in my mouth now i've not yet okay. been to martinique but what you know hit us with some of the typical foods of martinique get get our appetite okay. going mm. so honestly the caribbean food here is fantastic uh-huh. um it's a it's a mix of african french caribbean south asian uh inspiration so um so we have a we use a variety of uh, local fruits, vegetables, seafood, meat, and of course the popular piment entier, which is the hottest chili you've ever had. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> have you ever had that yourself? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> and it's just like nothing. It's like eh, no problem. Oh no, no, it's so hot. No, it's so hot, even for me. So you really have to be very careful when using it. Very little. So otherwise, the the most uh, famous dishes here um, that you will see in every restaurant is Accra. So it's it's a kind of uh, fritter, mm. and it's made uh, with uh, usually with salted cod or prawns or even fish or vegetable, mm. and it, honestly, it's delicious. Uh, then you have also uh, what we call boudin. So it's a it's a tasty local sausage, and but you have uh, you have two um, two different um, type. You have the boudin créole uh, and the boudin blanc. So the boudin créole uh, contains blood. So um, so yeah, and and the boudin blanc is uh, made with sometimes uh, cold fish as well, uh, prawns, uh, fish as well, and it's delicious. I love it. Mm. Uh, otherwise, you have um, another dish called chatrou, 
which is a, a popular dish here, and it's a octopus. It's an octopus too, uh, including tomatoes, onion, lemon, and different spices. Another one is the Colombo. So that's the island signature seasoning. Um, so it's a blend of spices from French, West Indian, um, and it mixes turmeric, um, mm. mustard, chili pepper, etc. So it's very traditional and it's made with, uh, you can have it with chicken, with, um, with uh, uh, goat, pork, vegetable, whatever you want. So yeah, so so many things, so many, and it's really delicious. So that seasoning, Colombo, would you say sort of that that leans a little bit more on its Indian heritage, or? or oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, West Indian definitely with uh, with the turmeric um, and stuff. Oh yeah, and ginger as well. Mm. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, uh, ginger and and turmeric are just like marriage mm-hmm. made in heaven. You know, it's a beautiful combination. Mm. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know if yeah. you can get Colombo in sort of if you live in mainland France? Given that there's such a strong connection, can you buy like Colombo? Yes, it's uh, it depends on you have to go to um, little shops. You have to know where to get it. You cannot get it uh, in any shops. And sure. do you know if that you know when you find it there, like is that imported from Martinique or just made by maybe people that know you know from their grandma how to make it or something? Mm. I would think that it's imported from here. Yeah, right. I think so. So Martinique themselves can import stuff themselves, even though they're a small, yeah, small island. Definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Uh, I, I want to try some myself, but uh, not, not <laughs> sure if it's available where I am. But it, it does. I, I like the name as well. The name is very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the you, you mentioned the the rainforest, I wanted to get a little bit back to that. What, what's the name of that rainforest, by the way? Um. It's the north, it's near Saint Pierre. There's not really a. You have Anscouleuvre, uh-huh. uh, the rainforest in Anscouleuvre for sure, and uh, near the, the volcano, Montagne Pelé. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the north part of the island is mostly rainforest. Sounds amazing. When you're sort of in the rainforest, are there any sort of like obvious things to watch out for or be careful of, like animals or anything else? Or? Not really. No, but you have like spiders. Obviously, you have to be careful of spiders. You can have snakes. I've never seen a snake here. Um, but yeah, you can you, you can have snakes. And the spiders are like poisonous? Yes, yes. You have big spiders here. Oh, <laughs> you right. don't want to get too close. <laughs> My gosh. Yeah, yeah. I might have. Yeah. I'm, I'm not great with uh, with spiders or snakes. But, but, but snakes... honestly, it's rare. It's rare to see them. It's really rare. Okay, but it's good to know. Yeah. That, I suppose it's a rainforest. Yeah. If you venture into a rainforest, you've got to be prepared pretty much for Definitely. anything that a rainforest throws yeah. at you. But exactly. um, I just wonder how it compares to um, El Junque rainforest in, in Puerto Rico because, um, I mean, it's not massively far away, you know, mm-hmm. from, from mm-hmm. where you guys are. And uh, that, yeah. again, it, it just blew me away. And I wonder how similar mm-hmm. it is in, in Martinique. But it's, I haven't um, been uh, – I have been to Puerto Rico, but I haven't been to that rainforest, so I, I – I, I can't say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite huge and it's uh, it's very uh, well preserved. It's protected and uh, it's very hilly as well here. So uh, that makes the beauty of it. Ah, of course. You mentioned as well that volcano. What was it called again? So it's called uh, Montagne Pelé. 
Uh-huh. And uh, it's uh, it's uh, located in the town of Saint-Pierre. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a, a very heartbreaking place because Saint-Pierre used to be uh, Martinique's capital before. And it used to be known as uh, the Paris of... Uh, of the West Indies, basically, because really? it was, so, yeah, it was like, this is where, you know, rich men and pretty women were going out and enjoying, you know, uh, uh, nice parties. And then, uh, but on May, on May 8, uh, 1902, uh, it was destroyed uh, when the, the, the volcano exploded and uh, 30,000 inhabitants were killed in less than a minute. In less than a minute? 30,000? Yeah, about the ga- by the gases, and uh, you know what? There's a interesting story because there was only one survivor. Can you guess? Can you guess why? How did he survive? Uh, was he was he scuba diving? I don't. Well, not in 1902. <laughs> I, I don't know. I have no idea how <laughs> no. he survived. No, it was not scuba diving because you know actually uh, a lot of people sadly uh, they went into the sea and that's how they got really burned. Because that's that's the first thing they wanted to do is going to the sea, but that was the last thing to do. Why? It was actually because the because the water was boiling hot. Of it course, was it boiling would be. hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. But no, I, it's yeah. counterintuitive almost. Because like, I immediately thought we'll mm-hmm. just jump in the water, and you know. Yeah, I know, right? I would do the same. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's very very sad. And actually, the name of the the only survivor was Ledger Silvaris. And on the night of uh, on the night of the seventh seventh uh, of May, um, so the night before the eruption, he got involved into a bar fight and he was put in jail, and he was put in a solitary confinement. So mm. I think that's the only story of solitary confinement that ended well, because <laughs> uh, he was protected. You know, there was no windows, and there was only a small ventilation. Uh, but he was facing away from the volcano. So he's actually, his prison protected him. And then after that, he was actually, he got burned for sure. He got really badly burned, but he was later graced. And uh, he, I think he traveled the world. He worked for a cir- circus in, mm. in the United States. And it's a very famous story. So that was the only survivor. I like that. It's, it's always a silver lining to, to the cloud scenario. Mm. But what I want to know is how, how the hell did he, I mean, if 30,000 people died, who released him from the jail or fed him for the day? after like so it's actually uh, i think three or four days later mm-hmm. when you know people came and rescued uh, trying to rescue people then they heard him they heard him but i think uh yeah he survived for for four days and uh without any food nothing at all but they heard him after three days and uh, or four days i can't remember and uh, they rescued him then and so he could tell the story he was the only one that could actually tell the story of how was you know how did it happen and and how could he survive and yeah but it was it was burned it was definitely burned but alive incredible story and 30 i mean if mm. the population today is 385k uh, and 30,000 died back was this in 1902 Yes, 1902. So I, I don't know. I'm hazarding a guess. Maybe the population was, I don't know, maybe half. Let's say 150,000. Again, I'm totally guessing mm. here. But mm-hmm. the, the point I'm trying to make is that that's a big proportion of the whole of island course. that died in a minute. Of course. Of course. It was a disaster. And it was the capital as well. So it was it was uh, a disaster for uh, sure. Are volcanoes actually, and maybe earthquakes, are they common in Martinique? 
Um, earthquake, uh, yeah, you can you can feel earthquake sometimes. Apparently, there was one recently, like maybe two months ago. At uh, night, I didn't feel it, but it was like six point something. I didn't feel it. I didn't wake up at all. So uh, it depends where exactly, but it doesn't. It's not really really common. But you have you have a few, and uh, you know the. Um, the island recently that got, uh, I think it was in St. Lucia. No, not St. Lucia, another island. St. Vincent, St. Vincent. Yes, the um, so the, the yeah. volcano erupted uh-huh. recently. Uh-huh. So then, because we're not too far, so we were kind of uh, worried. Uh, but apparently it's, it's okay so far. So it was a six point something, but you still didn't feel nothing? No, I didn't feel I was sleeping. But some pe- and actually it depends where you're located on the island. So uh-huh. some people on the north felt it, but on the south not so much. I, I so, think it depends probably what yeah. rum you drank the night before. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. What maybe. Do, do you remember what you drank? Do you remember the night? Do you want to tell us all what it was? Uh, maybe I was drinking the past, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the way to escape a six magnitude earthquake. Just drink a bit of rum. Yeah, or go to that uh, prison jail because you can still you can still visit it. It still stands today. Uh, it's damaged, but you can still visit. So that's something else to be able to visit when when you hit Martinique. Mm-hmm. For, Definitely. You, again, sort of. You know, there's so many things to do there. You're painting such a cool picture, but like again, for getting back to those people that are thinking about relocating to Martinique, maybe they could be a digital mm-hmm. nomad or or whatever. Especially, you know, for Europeans, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So if you're part of the EU, you can relocate there without an, a visa, which is just amazing. Um mm-hmm. but a lot of people before relocating somewhere, they always wonder, you know, what the health system is like because, you know, it's it's good to mm-hmm. be sure, right? So, I mean, could you speak mm-hmm. us through how that works? So the health system is, uh, you know, because Martinique is part of France, so it's exactly the same as France. However, obviously, we have less mean than France. So you're going to have less specialties here. So some people, uh, to get treatment, they have to go to France, for example. It depends. But we have, you know, great hospitals here still. Uh, but it depends on, you know, the condition maybe. Mm-hmm. They, ha- they may have to go to France. But obviously... I mean, French um, have a great health system, so it's uh, it's also good here. But yeah. in, in Martinique, is it sort of privately funded or is it some kind of national health where everyone, no matter who you it, are? It's national. Okay. It's national like in France. Yeah. That's good. That's it's good. Mm-hmm. No, that's good to know. So depending, it, it doesn't depend on your sort of financial status, to, you know, as if to, you're going to no. be dealt with. Or no. not. That's, that's good to know. That's good to know. No. Mm-hmm. how does yeah. getting onto a bit more of an exciting topic the music because again caribbean always paints a, a sort of a flavor in people's minds of, of the music what, what's the music scene mm-hmm. like in uh, sort of a small island like martinique compared to its bigger sister islands from the caribbean are there, mm-hmm. are there many sort of famous artists from there um yes of course i mean you know the the people here they, they love to express themselves by music or mm. dance uh, and probably, uh, you know, it comes from uh, also slavery as well. Um, so that you have a lot of different kind of music uh, with drums, for example, mm-hmm. um, traditional dances. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a big part of the culture here. And uh, a huge group internationally known is Kassav. I'm not sure if you know them no, no. from the eighties. Uh, so they're, they're huge and uh, they traveled everywhere concert. They had concerts uh, everywhere worldwide and they, they added um, different rhythm like rock, jazz, soul. 
to the traditional Zouk music. Sounds amazing. So yeah, I think they're, they're the biggest, <clears throat> uh, they're the most famous group here. And when did they stop like operating? Do you know? Not, I mean, not too long ago. Sometimes they do come together and, they, you know, for a small concert. I, I went to one of their concerts in London, actually, oh, really? maybe five years ago. Okay. So they do sometimes small concerts. They're uh-huh. not really operating anymore, but they do they do get together. They're quite old, but they still get it. Got it. Yeah, why not? It's, it's it must be it must be pretty cool if they're I don't know. I'm assuming they're in their sixties or seventies, but that's pretty cool that they yeah. can still rock yeah. on. You know? Yeah, for sure. Getting back, we, we've chatted about you know like a bit of the food. You know, like Colombo. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you spoke about the the influence. The you know the bit of the West Indian and the African and mm-hmm. so on. So that's the mm-hmm. mix going on in food items. But what's the mix going on in the island in people? What, what's the ethnic mix mm. of the uh, sort of makeup of the island? If you could speak as, as uh, well. it, it is so mixed, you know. Uh, so, I mean, the majority is of African heritage, right? Uh, black. And then you have a mix of French, um, Caribbean, uh, Lebanese, even Chinese. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's very, very mixed. That's amazing. That's really cool. Mm. Cool to know as well. And what are the top places, you know, again, this is more for sort of someone who's just wanting to go maybe for a few weeks to a month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what are the top places that you recommend for that person, you know, as a must, 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 we've already spoken about the open air museum, which yeah. I'm not going to try and pronounce again. Um, <laughs> but like what other, you know, oh, the jail, there's all these beautiful beaches and, and places to mm-hmm. eat, I'm sure. What mm-hmm. what are the sort of top places, you know, rapid fire, okay. if you had to give bullet list of, right, you have to go here, you have to go here, you have to go here. Yeah. So it, it depends what you really want from uh, Martinique. So if you're, into, uh, if you're into diving, so you have to go uh, and dive, for example, at the, the Diamond Rock. So it's a, it's a small little island inhabited uh, and it's beautiful. So if you're into diving, that's absolutely uh, a must. Then if you're into uh, surfing, you have to be on the Presqu'île de la Caravelle, Tartan, which is in the north uh, east part. But then if you just want the beach, white sand, it's the south. Uh, you have the plage of uh, the Anse d'Arlet. You have Les Salines. And one of my favorite is La Plage du, du Diamant, so the Diamond Beach. And mm. it's definitely my favorite for sunset watching. Um, but then the north is beautiful as well. Uh, like I said, with the rainforest, the hike, waterfalls. So that's more humid. Um, so it depends on what you like. And if you're into hiking, um, you have great hike. Like you can even hike the, the volcano at Montagne Pelé. You can hike it. Um, so yeah, it really depends. But I think it, you have so much things to do here. You can take um, a catamaran tour. For a day, you can go and see the dolphins. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much. You can go for a rum tasting. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'll be doing that. So much to do. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much to do. But yeah. And that that's Diamond good. Beach, is that in, did you say that's in the south? Yeah, that's in the south. So it's near the Anse d'Arlet and Les Trois Îles. Um, so Diamond Beach is, I think it's my favorite uh, in the south. I'm going to have one hell of a time writing the show notes because it's all in French. I don't know how these things are spelled, so <laughs> I might have to find that out so later. Yeah, but even if you say Diamond Beach here, everybody know. 
Uh-huh. So, Actually, so yeah. and in the north, in the north, I would say en Sculeuvre or en Seron, because it's a black sand beach, so volcanic. Uh, oh, right. And the and it's beautiful. You know the contrast with the green and the black sand, and it's absolutely stunning. And the water is so clear and is transparent. Is, is the water just as transparent all the way through the island? You know, depending whether you're on the north, uh, east, um, or, south, or, or is it a little bit clearer, better in in the north? It's a uh, it's clear. It's clear. I think yeah, it's clear everywhere I've been, uh, but it's a different color for diving. I mean, for divers, they would know the difference. And uh, that's why it's very interesting to dive in the south and dive in the north. It's a completely uh, different color. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. But otherwise, the, the, the water, the beaches are quite clear here. Well, you've given us like a rapid fire sort of recommendation of, of places to, to, to visit. And, I, you know, I really hope that people listening today can can be excited about all of those places that you mentioned. Now, you've been to 51 countries, so you're obviously a very sort of well-experienced person when it, when it comes to that. And yet you're still enjoying your time on, you know, the mother island of Martinique, which shows obviously what a great place it must be. Um, if, if people want to sort of check out, you know, have you got a travel page at all? Yes, I do. And it's called Lescape. So L-E-S-S-C-A-P-E. Awesome. Because so I'll leave that in the in the show notes as well, right? So anyone can... Okay, great. Because I think 51 countries, you know, you're, you're going to have some cracking photographs as well. And uh, <laughs> you're, you're an avid photographer, right? Yes, I am. I am. Mm-hmm. And you use like all the professional gear and stuff or... Yes, I use a Canon, uh, so um, Mark Four. Um, it's quite good. Uh, yeah, I uh, I love photography. I have to. I mean, when I visit uh, so many places, you have to get uh, nice nice pictures and nice memories. So yeah, absolutely. I well, have. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe another time I could have you back on to discuss your photography. Why not? It'd be a pleasure. Yeah, no, it sounds amazing. Well, Leslie, it's been um, it's been lovely to have you on. Thanks so much for joining me, and I think you've treated the audience to an inside look of the uh, the beautiful island of Martinique, and you've got a really cool heritage. Um, and I'm sure many of us, like myself, have really enjoyed what you've had to say about the island. Oh well, thank you. It's been really a pleasure, and uh, anytime I I really enjoyed it, and thank you for uh, having me on. Well, my guest today was Leslie, an avid traveller who's so far visited 51 countries and counting. Another island of the Caribbean explored, but still so many to go. There's so much to talk about Martinique, whether it's to do with its uh, its history, its culture, its people or its food. But hopefully, uh, Leslie has given enough information to leave you with a desire to give it a visit or even maybe try relocating there for, for some time. If you're interested in having French lessons with Leslie online, don't forget that I'll leave her page in the show notes and you can also check out her travel photography. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please do share it with a family member or friend who you think would get something out of it. And if you haven't already, please do consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast and give us a follow on Spotify as well as it will really help us out in reaching more people. My name is Nate Ralph and you've been listening to The Inquisitive Tourist. <laughs>